Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener on our private feed where you'll have ad-free episodes and join us in Zoom meetups to meet other listeners of our podcast community. Go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes. I've just been trying to do my best to not necessarily focus on that and just bring my different experiences to the table and then just share that and really just seeing what are my blind spots, what am I missing and finding people to help fill those roles to be able to create something that is worth, you know, people's time. Three, two, one. My name is Esprit Devora, host of the Women in Tech show. The show means a lot to me. The reason why I wanted to create the Women in Tech show is I wanted to create a positive piece of content, something where people can listen and say, if she can do it, so can I. Hi, this is Joe Peterson. I'm the vice president of cloud and security with Clarify 360. I've been listening to the Women in Tech podcast for about a year, and I was drawn in by the energy and enthusiasm of the Women in Tech podcast. Esprit does a really great job in sharing stories of women in tech so that young female listeners can put themselves in the shoes of these women speaking. See, I strongly believe that if we don't show young women the way forward in tech by sharing our stories, then they won't know what's possible. The stories are what creates the value and inspiration. Great job, guys. LinkedIn presents... Welcome back to the Women in Tech podcast, where we are celebrating women in tech from around the world. So today with us, we have Chanel, located in Salt Lake City. My name is Anika Aftab, and I'm based in Honolulu, Hawaii, and I've been passionate about the technology space my whole life. I'm incredibly excited to be interviewing women that are changing the tech landscape one company at a time. Can you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do? Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. Um, it's definitely a huge blessing to have you guys um, reach out so I can hop on the podcast. Knowing that you're you know, in Hawaii, which is my second home, it's even better. So my name is Chanel, and I am a co-founder of a company that we just launched called Nyona. And it's basically to help employees instantly know if they get paid fairly or not. I love that. And so can you tell me, what does Liona mean to you? Absolutely. So, you know, it was, it was an accident, right? Like I know a ton of people would read entrepreneur books and say, Hey, like, let's figure this out. Let's build a business for, for me, it's always been about social impact and just trying to find a way to, you know, give back. I ended up doing, um, you know, my undergrad out there in Hawaii, um, at BYU, but I did it in social work. And after a year or two realizing I'm going to need a social worker because I can't even pay my bills with this type of salary, I had to end up switching. And I ended up going back to grad school to get an MBA. And during that whole journey, it was interesting because after I finished school, seeing so many women, especially people of color or older workers here in Utah, getting underpaid and hearing the same story over and over again, that's kind of where during covid my friends and I went to the drawing board and said, how do we find a way to just solve this um, for everyone 
at scale. So that's kind of what happened. <laughs> I absolutely love that. I'm very passionate about this cause as well. So I'm excited to dig in a little deeper. Um, so when when did you start the, like, when did this all start? Yeah, so it was kind of interesting, right? We ended up um, during COVID for about a year and a half, just really doing a lot of user research, kind of just seeing what's already existing in the market. Is there a way that we can just piggyback off of that? After we ended up um, going through that long journey multiple times, we realized we do need to create something that's a lot faster for employees to find that could really help them. The reason is because, right, being an Islander, culturally managing, right, Pacific Islanders or any type of, you know, person of color, culturally, we're not always taught to negotiate. And unfortunately, when we are, you know, stepping into a world that's so individualistic here in the U.S., it's really tricky to unlearn those types of habits that you've been, you know, born and raised with. And if you don't follow it, you get beat up, right? <laughs> like it's uh, slapped around to say, no, you need to get your life in order. So it was interesting to see that, right, from a managerial side where one young man that I didn't directly manage him, but I knew his manager at one of the companies I worked at. And I would always tell him like, hey, you, you got to advocate for yourself. You're doing great work. Just go talk to your boss. He didn't, he's from Kauai. He didn't know how to do that. So I went directly to his boss and mentioned it. But then his boss gave me this long lecture of saying, Janelle, there's not really much we can do because he doesn't, he wouldn't, that's not in his, you know, that's just not him to, to basically bring up something and advocate for himself in regards to that. And so he was leaving, you know, 20 to 30 grand on the table because of that. Another, um, hard story to hear was a girl that I'm good friends with out here in Salt Lake, worked for a huge fintech, won't say their name, but right, she ended up working for them, getting promoted almost three times, but didn't get a pay raise. So they kept over-promising, but never delivering. So then after nine months, she ended up having to go to a different company and start over. And so these types of stories, hearing it over and over, were we have to do more work to get noticed, but if we ask for a raise, you know, it's always, it depends, right? It's a hit and miss. And so that's kind of where we ended up just trying to see what can we do at scale to, to help. And having done this user research, and I'm putting you on the spot here, but how common is this issue? And, you know, how like, specific is this issue to people of color? And like, if you have any stats just to pull up, if not, it's completely okay. But I'm just curious. Yeah, no worries. So um, it's funny because we ended up launching here in Utah, I was really hesitant, even though I've been here for a few years, just because the gender inequality when it comes to that pay gap, we're one of the worst states in the nation for gender pay, not even bringing up, you know, race or ethnicity or even age. And so for us, we just said, okay, this is probably not the best strategy, but we're just going to go all in and see if we can make it here, then technically we can make it anywhere. So that's kind of the approach we're taking. Um, so we're just going to see how it goes. But, you know, we're, we like the underdog route. We're willing to just try and see how do we get companies to, to just realize that this would actually help with retention. You know, this would help with productivity and then just helping to rebuild that trust, especially with all the layoffs and whatnot occurring right now. And a lot more employees more hesitant on taking that leap of faith or staying, you know, loyal to a company when, new employees come in and they get paid more. And transparency too, right? Like that is so incredibly important. And I, I just, I love that. And so how how does 
Lyona do this? Like, what is the the service that's being offered exactly? Yeah, great question. So what we would do is confidentially, right? We would work with the company. We would basically just do like a salary temperature check on all of their, you know, salaries and titles. And then from there, our data science team would do a statistical analysis. We modeled already after some of the top countries um, globally, just to make sure that everything statistically makes sense and lines up. And so we would check for any pay gaps related to gender, race, and age. And then if there are any gaps, then we would give them that end deliverable report that would highlight, hey, this is what you need to fix. If they are willing to fix it, then we would basically schedule some type of timeline, give them a stamp of approval. And then for employees, all they look for is that logo to know it instantly where to go. That is absolutely incredible. I love, I mean, why aren't we do? Why haven't, hasn't this been done before? That's so important. And like, um, you know, before this podcast, we were just sidebarring a little bit about like how this exists in the world today. And I'm sure both of us have to a degree experienced like these struggles of not getting paid enough. A lot of people to this day are just getting paid paycheck to paycheck you know, with everything going on. So it's just so, so important that what you're doing and, um, and did you just launch? Is that what I heard correctly? <laughs> yeah, we basically are in the beta testing phase. So anyone listening, please let us know. We would love to chat with, you know, your HR team and see if we could do some type of, you know, free trial offline, just to make sure that um, we have everything ready to go before we um, launch. We're specifically focused on the U.S. right now, and then we are planning to to scale to some other countries, especially Europe, since we did some testing there already. So, wow! And so, how is this problem international? Yeah, absolutely. It's you know, it's it's such a tricky situation, right? And you know, to see right coming from parents who came from the islands to move to the U.S. It's been interesting as I'm growing up and just realizing that a lot of times people just don't know, right? And I think this is just gives you that, um, just that, you know, that opportunity to to be at ease and to have more peace of mind when you go to work, because a lot of times you don't realize, so then you're working extra hours to stand out, or you have to work two to three jobs. And it just gets to a point where it's like, you won't really have time to think. And so for us, especially, seeing so much change um, here in the U.S. where we're having issues of upskilling people or, you know, retaining employees. This is just a way to just give back to these companies so that they can build more trust with their employees. Do you ever think that, you know, you would ever create a tech company? You know, definitely not. That was, (laughs) I knew I wanted to do something good, right, to give back since I did my undergrad in social work. And so that's always been how I've tried to govern where I go and what I do, um, you know, now being in the tech realm, but it's interesting because I just realized that as a person of color, as a woman, um, it's needed, right? Because there's not enough companies that are built that actually support um, our perspective on life. And so as much as I don't want to do it, I just can't afford to just, you know, let so many young girls growing up and just not knowing that, you know, they're going to get their, you know, job offer taken away from them if they try and negotiate or they're going to get looked down on when it comes to that, you know, pay gap. And then, of course, that opportunity gap. So that's kind of why, you know, the bigger reason is we just want to make the world a better place, my team and I. So we're willing to go through the ringer, try and figure it out and, and go from there. 
And you work also in tech right now, right? You're also in the tech space, which is, which, I mean, that's the best way, right? If you're going to solve a problem, might as well solve a problem in the area that needs it, that you're living in. And then um, the space that also needs it too, right? You know, when, when did you first get exposed to like the tech space? Yeah, it's, you know, it's interesting because here in, in Utah, right, everyone's makes a big deal about Silicon Slopes and whatnot. And so I started going to their events and just realizing, dang, like it really, we definitely need more, you know, diverse perspectives in the room. I think a lot of times, unfortunately, there's still a lot of, you know, lip service. And so this is just a very clean way and like a very honest way of saying, if you're really down, if you really care about women or care about people of color, older folks, you're willing to invest the time and money into showing, you know, everyone that you do. And so that's where we came up with it, because I know during Black Lives Matter movement, there was a lot of people, you know, throwing up, you know, we're, we're down, we're down, right? But then at the end of the day, they weren't really down. It was just, they got a lot of good PR. We didn't really make a difference. And I think that's one thing where when we were doing the re the iterations over and over, we really wanted to take a step back and say, how do we make sure this is accountable for companies, right? Of course, we don't want to mess up their bottom line, but we do want to find a way where it's like for real, like if you're down for us, then you'll show it and you'll provide resources. Um, and so that's kind of what happened. So um, I'm curious, like, you know, we always talk about, like, it doesn't, you know, when we talk about your journey, it almost seems like like, oh, you know, this transition to this and your social work allows you to be like to have that perspective and that compassion. And then um, you were exposed to the tech space and you created this. Like, do you think that you found your calling? Yeah, that's <laughs> that's definitely a good question. Um, honestly, like I never want to be one of those people, right, to say like, hey, like this is where this is where it ends. Because I feel like, you know, we're so young and I definitely want to find other ways to just help create you know, um, solutions that will solve a lot of the world issues. And so for me, this is really just a stepping stone because we feel like if we can solve that pay gap, then we'll move forward with the opportunity gap and help solve that afterwards um, and then help fund, you know, use the capital we can build to really help fund um, different startups that are trying to solve the world's issues. But there's just not enough capital or people to look at them and, and take a chance on, on those types of, you know, ethnic groups and stuff. I'd love to know just a bit more about, you know, oh, I think navigating the space as like a person of color, right? Um, personally, I'm an immigrant and also as a female, right? Like how, how have you done it? Like have you had mentors that have supported you? Can you tell me a little bit more about like navigating that space as like a person of color and a female, like tech or in, in general, even being a founder? Yeah. And, you know, it's, yeah, you bring up such a right present question that I feel like a lot of people um, have those concerns. I think even in my nine to five, right, at a tech company, it wasn't until recently where more women started joining and then, of course, people of color. So it's definitely been a huge blessing. Um, I've just been really thankful that understanding that it's not just about me, right? Because, of course, as you know, it's always a lot more pressure being an Islander because it's like, if you fail, you basically fail your whole race and no one will ever get a chance. It's sometimes, unfortunately, still that mentality I sometimes have. And so just knowing that I have to do extra work, not just for me, but to make sure that other people after me 
don't have to deal with the same struggles. That has always been, right? Something that's been really tricky, really hard to navigate. In regards to mentors, honestly, it's it's very tricky to find any Islander in any tech company. Um, and so I've just been really grateful that here in Utah, there have been some different Polynesian leaders out here. And so I've been able to kind of just see what them not being able to necessarily get mentored by them, but just at least seeing them from afar and being able to say, dang, if they could make a career out of this, so can I. And just understanding the bigger why is technology can really solve so many world issues. And unfortunately, we have to take that leap of faith, right? And be that trailblazer, because if not me, then then who, right? And if not when, you know, now, then when? And so that is something that's definitely helped me just kind of know, like, even though it can be painful, even though, right, my hair is so big, right, similar to yours, it's very easy to stand out <laughs> in any room. But I've just been trying to do my best to not necessarily focus on that and just bring my different experiences to the table and then just share that and really just seeing what are my blind spots, what am I missing, and finding people to help fill those roles to be able to create something that is worth you know, people's time. So I absolutely, I absolutely love everything you said. And it reminds me of like one of my favorite quotes. It's like, if you don't have a seat at the table, bring a folding chair, you know, like just because you're one of the first few. And I have to tell you, I have to share my book with you that I'm writing. It's about feeling like, like, you know, the only person in a room full of people because of, you know, what you look like or experiences that you've gone through yourself, but pivoting back, you know, I really love the notion of still, despite being one of the only or the only, like still bringing yourself to that table and like paving the way for the ones that want to come after you. Right. And um, because we wouldn't be where we are without the women that came here, you know, before us. And so um, how do we continue to bring that legacy? And like, I love, I just resonate so heavily with like everything that you said I, I absolutely love that. And, you know, while you were navigating in this, like just through, you know, college and through your career and even just to now, like what, what lessons have you learned along the way? Yeah, that's definitely it. You know, it could, we could be here all night, but I'll try and keep it uh, very brief. Um, you know, coming from a, a family, right, where none of us went to college, right? It was definitely foreign um, for me to go. And let alone go across the world and, and head to, you know, an island to, to do schooling. So it was really tricky with my family letting me go across the world. They didn't agree with it. They didn't really like that I was leaving, especially being the youngest in a family. And so it was definitely tricky navigating it. But I was really fortunate to just find good friends that really came from just good, stable homes and really just taught me more so just life lessons along the way. And then little by little, I was able to learn from there. But, you know, it didn't make it any easier, right? Because sometimes I'd be using my, you know, scholarship money, sending it back home just to make my make sure my family's okay. Um, you know, we grew up very poor, very, um, when it came to financial literacy, we didn't understand any of that. And so it's been interesting to navigate everything now, you know, owning a few properties now, um, having a very stable income, especially here in Utah, it's still foreign, right, to see a, a Polynesian girl um, do these types of things. And so I'm just really grateful that 
even though right everything is kind of stacked up against you sometimes where you might just feel like hey i'm the only one i just hope and pray whoever's listening can know that it's okay right like there's so much more in store for each of us and there are people you know even my ancestors and whatnot who have passed on where i can still feel that motivation from other people um just guiding and directing me to certain things especially like tech like I still don't know too much on tech, and yet that's all I do, you know, eight to five, um, building relationships with different people. And so it's it's definitely tricky, right? I'm not going to say it's, hey, it's, it's all, you know, walk in the park, but it's definitely something where as you are, you know, putting yourself in uncomfortable situations often, it starts to become more normal, right? It starts to become um, a way that you're like, it's okay. The bigger why is, you know, I need to retire my mom. I need to retire myself too in a few years so I can just spend more time giving back to my community and, and serving. So that's kind of been my end goal, right, over the next few years, but just excited to, to find a way to bring this um, passion project to life and really just serve uh, more people. That is absolutely I'm I'm in awe. That's amazing. And you know, you're you're so absolutely inspirational because of like the drive that you have and the willingness you're doing to to make a change in a space that really desperately needs some sort of light shed on it. You know, that transparency, especially when it comes to pay. And, you know, I guess my next question is who's a woman that inspires you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's definitely a good one. Um you know, I think sometimes we can get, you know, like there's so many podcasts or there's so many women on LinkedIn or whatnot that I can follow and say like, oh, I could drop, you know, name drop all these people. But honestly, I think just in my personal life, I've been really blessed to have lifelong friends. I think sometimes people don't realize um, the value of someone coming into your life when you might feel like nothing or you may have nothing and still being there to kind of see you through that whole journey. And so I think, you know, a woman, um, some of my sisters, right, that I've, you know, been able to grow along the way with. Um, my big sister, Rafina, she's been a huge um, blessing to me, my mom, and then a lot of the sisters, right, that I've met um, from school and whatnot. Um, they've been a huge blessing to me, and I consider them my family. So um, they know who they are. So I won't have to go into too much detail. <laughs> no, I absolutely love that. And, you know, Mike, I guess my next question is you just, you're, you're in beta testing, like what, what's next for you? Yeah, these are definitely good questions, right? When it comes to like, Hey, so what's next? What's next? Um, you know, for me, I've definitely been just learning a lot more to just pause because I think sometimes I overlook things and just say like, Hey, I want to focus on, um, the next thing, right? What's the next step? What's, what's, what are we going to do next? And I think something for me, I've just been trying to be more still trying to just like, I think a few of the entrepreneurs, right, like Bill Gates and them, they actually block out a few, you know, times in their day where they have nothing to do. And that's something that I'm trying to do better on is because just realizing when you disconnect from the world, you actually have more time to create and more time to reflect and say, what are the blind spots? What do we need to fix? Um, not just in a company, but even in my personal life. So I think for for that question, 
such a deep question, but um, company-wise, um, we're just excited. We're just going to just look for companies who want to be more equitable and actually mean what they say and walk the talk. So if anyone's listening, would love to connect with you. And then, of course, right, just finding um, just ways to support more social impact companies and just help solve a lot of those social issues so I can just um, support those people because we can't do everything right. Um, but I just want to still be able to be that beacon of hope anyway and, and be able to catapult if I know someone in my network that could help you or, or vice versa. That's simply what I do. So <laughs> I absolutely love that. And I think it's a great segue to like, you know, how can people connect with you? Thank you. So yeah, if you guys are interested, please connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I don't have too much social media. So other than that, that's probably the best way to get a hold of me. I do check that pretty regularly. So we'd love to um, have you guys get connected to me on LinkedIn or even the company, right? We'd love to um, connect with you guys as well. It's called Layona on LinkedIn, L-A-E-O-N-A. Thank you. And then I, so I have a few, you know, rapid fire fun questions, if that's okay with you. Um, and then we can kind of close this close out, but you know, you can spend as much time to answer these or as little as you want, but just, we'd love to get to know you a little bit better. What's your favorite book? Oh yeah. That one I did see. Man, that one's a hard question. Cause I remember you sent that to me beforehand. And I was like, what is my favorite book? <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys heard of Blinkist. Um, it's basically, it's some books for like in 15 minutes or less. So that is something that I've been leveraging a lot more. So I wouldn't say a book, but I would say a platform where you can just get summaries of the top key points. So, uh, Blinkist. <laughs> Not sponsored by Blinkist, but we are fans of Blinkist. <laughs> I will say that. <laughs> I do have a, I have my premium account. I love it so much. <laughs> so what is your favorite podcast or favorite video series? Oh man, that's a hard one. I listen to um, a lot of financial ones, right? Just because of like working to to retire in the next few years. But um, like bigger pockets, love listening to that one. Um, Brown Ambition, always love listening to that one as well. I be stalking uh, Tiffany and uh, Mandy on LinkedIn sometimes. So if they're hearing this, please know I'm <laughs> definitely huge fans of the work you guys do. I'm a foodie. So what's your favorite food? Oh man, that's, yeah, that's definitely tricky. Um, but I am going to Hawaii next week, right? I'll be stuck in food then for those who don't know, it's one of those just, you know, grocery stores, but they have the best poke. So yes, they do. <laughs> I love it. You know, I've lived here long enough now because I know that fact. So I will say yes, very much. So, um, I love it. And lastly, what would you say is the best resource for anyone that's interested in learning more about technology? Absolutely. Um, you know, I think there's no, there's no like, um, you know, one silver bullet or whatnot. I think really just understanding that a lot of our communities locally have a lot of resources that might be underutilized. So especially like here in Utah, there's a lot of free um, or very low, um, low hurdle like boot camps to get into tech. There's a lot of free meetups um, related to that. And so I think just Googling and just kind of seeing who in your area is in tech, what are they doing, who are they following, what resources are they leveraging? That's probably the easiest way for someone to really just get, um, you know, their feet wet because at the end of the day, any company is a tech company, right? As more and more things are becoming easily accessible um, through the digital world. So 
I guess my last closing question is what's one thing listeners can do to support you? Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, I would appreciate any support, right? Especially on LinkedIn, that is where we're mostly active. So we just launched our speaker series where we highlight different diverse people from all walks of life and they're able to share their stories. So if any of you guys are interested, feel free to ping me on LinkedIn or even just follow us on LinkedIn just so we can get more credibility for the companies to see why it's important for them to, you know, collaborate with us so that their employees feel more at ease and they can feel at peace when it comes to them applying to, to new roles or looking for the right company to work with. I absolutely love it. And I'm, I'm very excited to follow along with your journey. Thank you so much for hanging out with the Women in Tech podcast. To connect and collaborate with more incredible women in tech around the world, remember to go to womenintechvip.com. That's womenintechvip.com. You can say hello on social at Women in Tech Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I will see you on the next episode. Bye. The Women in Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. And music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The Women in Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the Women in Tech podcast. To support the podcast and cheer us on, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener, go to womenintech.love, linked in the show notes.